You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Wow, that was a nice little break that we had. How was your holiday weekend? No, good. Um, quite enjoyable. Had some uh, uh, good in- experiments in physics and uh, it resulted in some called? good laughs. And Is that fun. what you call it? Yeah. Good yeah. experience yeah, yeah. in physics. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw some uh, demonstrations of your experimentation today and uh, I'm glad that I was not on the receiving end of any of that. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's good. It's good. Uh, I did laugh a little bit, and a couple of times I do believe I said, "Oh my God, how's that even possible?" Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's quite anyway. fun what you can do with physics. It is amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. Okay, uh, a couple of weeks ago, when the debacle of Afghanistan began, when the fall of Kabul happened, and we saw the people clinging onto airlines and the C-17s and everything trying to take off the runway. Uh, we saw the mess outside of the airport gates and the State Department week in, week out, dragging their feet, stifling everything. What did I say was going to happen? I said, specifically on more than one occasion, I said, they are going to start taking hostages. When you leave our people on the ground, helpless, on purpose, because of your bonehead policies... They are going to take hostages. And as of today, they have taken hostages. So they've been saying to the United States, we want you to write the Taliban. We want you to recognize us as a legitimate government. Okay, if you don't do that, then what are they going to do? They're going to pull off some type of extortion or ransom in order for you to comply. This is what terrorists do. This is precisely what organized crime does. You give in to their demands or they will hold leverage over top of you in the form of a threat. Taliban now holding hostage six planes full of Americans. They've got six airliners on the runways full of Americans right now as we speak. This is just like Munich. This is just like Munich with the Iranians, just like that. It's the same exact thing. This is exactly what I said was going to happen. And I wasn't the only one saying it. So now they're going to extort people for either them to be called a legitimate government or they're going to want some cash. We did freeze about nine and a half billion dollars of theirs in New York. So maybe they want some of that back. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, but to be quite honest with you, I think they've got more than enough if they know exactly where to look in the right places. But see, what is the administration going to do? Are they actually going to, I don't know, do something about it? Seeing as how they were the ones responsible for this in the first place. Today, the Secretary of State and the Secretary of Defense are on their way to the Middle East to discuss peace and stability in the region. What about the hostages? Not too much in the mainstream press yet about those hostages. So what's going on? Uh, CBS seems to be one of the only mainstream media outlets that seems to be covering it at the moment, unless something's changed. I'm not sure. They're holding six planes full of Americans. Now, CBS 
is reporting that congressional NGO sources are saying multiple planes are ready to take American citizens and green card, green card holders out of the country and are being denied permission to leave by the Taliban. Is it the Taliban? Is it? I'm really starting to question whether or not it's been the Taliban up to this point, because we have it on very good authority. And this is something you're not going to hear in America on the TV. We have it on good authority from people that are working with groups on the ground over there that it's not the Taliban that are the problem. It's the U.S. government. It's the State Department that is the problem. Now, I have no doubt that they're probably holding hostages over there. I have no doubt about that at all. That's just what they do. But why would the government want to do that? Listen for me, if you will, to a gentleman by the name of Michael Yon, who is a former Special Forces guy who has been in country over there. He explains the best way that he can about what's actually happening on the ground over there. He's working with several different NGOs to try and get people out. And this is the problem that they're running into. Take a listen to this. That colonel was not physically present, but he was in contact with Major General uh, Chris Donahue, who, who was the combatant commander on the ground. And so yeah, uh, so th that colonel wasn't physically there. In fact, he was very frustrated. As you can see from that text, there was more text as well. He was really demonstrating a lot of frustration. At one point, he said, can you ram the gate? In other words, hit it with the car and get in. I mean, he wanted to rescue those people. And, you know, and he... Uh, I hope that his texts don't cause him any problems. He's the kind of general we need. You know, he, he didn't want to follow those orders. He wanted to get them out. We had three jets on the ground that were private jets that were paid for by uh, a friend of mine's team. Uh, his name is Rick Clay, and his team had paid for three jets. They were on the ground, civilian jets waiting, and the U.S. military was not letting even civilian Americans with passports, American passports. Our biggest problem on getting people out, actually, is the U.S. government. It's actually not the Taliban. I know that sounds crazy, but the biggest problem is not the Taliban. The Taliban have actually, it's in, in some cases, have actually helped us. You can't even make up the stuff. This is like something from a weird movie. So Taliban is saying that U.S. forces have to either come and get them or call us to let them through. You, nobody can make up this stuff. I don't care whose fault it is, Department of State or the military. It's all of your fault. You didn't let them in, period. They were at the gate. Then, of course, the next day, we have the Pentagon and the White House out there going, no, you know, all American citizens who wanted to get in could have gotten in, but they couldn't actually make it to the airport. And we're saying, uh, excuse my language, I don't know if I can say this on Russian TV, they definitely were at the gate, period. So you're not going to hear that interview on American television because that was given. Bruce, you can clearly see it. That's on Russian TV. Why do we have people telling the real story of what's going on being shown on Russian television and not American television? That right there is what every American needs to hear. You think that a State Department and an administration that is behaving like that, this is before they had hostages. We're at hostages now because we wouldn't let our people through. We wouldn't get our people out. So now we have hostages. You think that an administration or a department or an administration or a bureaucracy or a State Department or what the hell ever, I don't care, a, a Defense Department, whatever, you think the same people that put you in now this position are going to do anything to try and help those planes of American hostages now? I don't think so. I don't think so. They, they don't have air superiority anymore, so clearly they can't help them. Air superiority. That's what uh, Biden says. I, I don't care what the feckless old man says. The only thing he knows how to say is what flavor of ice cream he's got. 
That's the only thing he knows how to say and how to play Mario Kart. As, as matter, that, that's the only thing this guy knows how to do at this point. The report notes that a State Department email confirms that the flights have permission to land in Qatar if and when the Taliban agree to take off. Uh, so we're, we're relying on on the Taliban. Is this what is this what uh, th- this dumbass was talking about when he says, oh, we now need th- this Kirby guy at the Pentagon. He says, oh, well, now we need to look at our our diplomatic uh, ties. Diplomacy? Diplomacy. Sir, let me explain something to you. You you pencil neck academic idiot. Let me explain something to you. You people that just don't live in reality. The only thing, and I hate to say this, and I'm not trying to be condescending. The only thing that people with that mindset that are holding those hostages, that mindset, the only thing they understand in that part of the world is one thing. They only understand force. That's all they understand. They are stuck in medieval times, if you want to call it that. They're stuck there. It was a very awful time. We went through a transformation here in the West. We advanced. They did not. Again, I'm not trying to be condescending. You have a lot of areas of the world over there that are pulling themselves up out of that. Most notably, Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates, Qatar, Bahrain, these places. They're making wonderful advancements for themselves. So that's not in question. But these other places, like Afghanistan, they they never left. They never left the 12th century. They're still stuck there in a lot of respects, in their beliefs, in their ideology. That's what I'm talking about. They only understand one way of thinking. Trump went in there with an iron fist. He decapitated the Taliban with the help of the Russian Air Force. Putin knew what the problem was. Trump knew what the problem was. They were cleaning up the mess from the previous two administrations. They were trying to stabilize the region, which they did. Trump went to the negotiating table and said, listen here, we are going to do a phase drawdown and you are not going to interfere or we're going to continue to smash your heads in. And they respected that. Why? Because they only understand one thing negotiation by force. That's what they understand. It is in their mindset. It is in their culture. That's what they understand. This is what weasel-necked academics that don't live in reality don't understand. They don't understand what goes on in the real world. They don't understand what goes on outside of an academic paper that's been peer-reviewed by somebody. They don't understand it. This is why when you take somebody from their ivory tower and you put them down in the gutters of the streets... And someone, oh, I don't know, uh, shoots up drugs in front of them. Someone urinates in front of them. Someone holds a knife to them. Someone pulls a gun on them. They get down in the fetal position and they, they urinate all over themselves because they don't know what to do. They don't understand how things work in the real world. That is the real world. They live in a sugar-coated topping, whatever in the hell that is. So we've got satellite images. This is all we have to confirm this by at the moment. Uh, we've got these uh, sources, these NGO sources that are citing to uh, CBS. We've got satellite images that show six commercial airliners are now on the airport in northern Afghanistan. I guess this is not down in Kabul. And they are not being allowed to depart by the Taliban. American citizens and Afghan interpreters are reportedly waiting to board the flights. Representative Michael McCall from Texas, he's also a ranking GOP member of the House Foreign Affairs Committee, told Fox News yesterday that the Taliban has initiated a hostage situation. And I'm quoting here. He says, we have six airplanes at Mazir Sharif Airport six airplanes with American citizens on them as I speak, also with these interpreters, and the Taliban is holding them hostage for demands right now. He says they're going to demand more and more, whether it be cash 
or legitimacy as the government of Afghanistan. Isn't that what I just said? I haven't even read this yet. I'm reading this as I go. They're going to demand cash because we froze all their money. The State Department froze their money in New York. They froze their assets. So, of course, they're going to be starved for cash. They've got a food problem now, too, because we've pulled out and we've completely destabilized the entire nation over there because of the boneheaded moves these people have done. I keep calling them boneheaded, but they were very, very well planned out. Because let's be honest, this wasn't a mistake. This wasn't a blunder. But they will demand cash because they have none. Or they will demand to be recognized as a legitimate government. And what will they do if they're recognized as a legitimate government? Well, then they can claim United Nations status at that point, can't they? And who pays for 80% of the United Nations? I'll give you three guesses and the first two don't count. Meanwhile, more details have emerged that the Biden State Department reportedly blocking the private flights with Americans on board from leaving Afghanistan purely to save face because they were unable to get all of them out. Exactly what you heard the gentleman just say on Russian TV that we just played. Our government, our State Department are blocking those flights. They were blocking those flights on purpose. One source involved with the evacuation efforts told Fox News this morning, and I'm quoting here, this is a zero place to be negotiating with American lives. Those are our people standing on the tarmac, and all it takes is one effing phone call. If one life is lost as a result of this, the blood is on the White House's hands. The blood is on their hands. It is not the Taliban that is holding this up. As much as it sickens me to say that, it is the United States government. We're creating this problem. This administration is creating this problem. The State Department is creating this problem. There's talk now amongst the ranking officers and commanders in our armed forces after the Afghanistan debacle. And they're now saying, are they doing this on purpose? Are these wounds being self-inflicted? Yes, gentlemen, they are. I'll save you the time. You're not allowed to say that stuff. But people like myself, who, quite frankly, uh, gentlemen, if... I respect your positions. I understand where you are because the higher up that ladder you go, the slipperier that slope gets. I understand. And once you get above a certain level, you only have maybe a handful of positions in the country. And of course it becomes political. But gentlemen, we are not going to have a country left if you do not start speaking up. Do you understand? I get that they're not in a position, but they are in more of a position than people like us down here at the bottom. People down here at the bottom, like us, we depend on people in the system like yourselves who are patriotic men and women that believe in our way of life. You swore an oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a domestic group of enemies that are compromised by foreign powers. Again, I will say that because apparently those in the power structure will not. It doesn't take rocket science to figure this one out. And I'm just looking at this from common sense. I'm not sitting here drawing up some kind of conspiracy theory stuff. But I mean, let's be honest. If you look at all of this that's happened with the Afghanistan debacle alone, forget COVID, just the Afghanistan debacle alone, what conclusion would you come to? If you look at just the relations, hell, you could have impeached and arrested the entire Biden family before he was even vice president of the United States. That's how bad the corruption is. Every other week you're seeing something, you're seeing some leaked video about Hunter Biden butt naked in a hotel room with another Russian hooker talking about how he lost another laptop. And and this is supposed to be this. This is supposed to be uh, someone that's not compromised by, by a foreign power. Are you kidding me? 
Got some tweets here on what some people are saying about this. This did not have to happen. These hostages must be saved. We must demand accountability. Impeach Biden and his administration. Uh, in August 17th, an interview, Trump predicted the Taliban would hold Americans hostage for ransom. Yup. Uh, he says, and now they have. Americans have been held hostage for days in Afghanistan by the Taliban, but Joe and Kamala haven't made any moves to stop the Taliban. Weakness. If this happened under Trump, there'd be fire and fury, the likes of which would have ensured it never happened to begin with. All right, Bruce, I'm I'm rambling here. We've been off for a few days and I came back to this. Much like the social credit stuff, I wish we missed the mark on this one too. Yeah, this is one that... Uh, they're saying there's at least 142 American citizens on those flights, uh, that cannot get in, uh, at least. No, there's um, more. If they're saying that, which, then there's yeah, more. There's more. I think some of the flights that are left, uh, unable to take off was actually, uh, had people on there from one of the organizations that I was, uh, keeping an eye on and kind of watching. And... They have said before, the government is the problem. The State Department was in the way. They, the, the State Department, they had, okay, so this organization gets all the paperwork. They get, uh, they, they cross-check the person, do the biometrics. You know, they make sure the individual and the papers all match. And then they, they do that twice. Uh, they do it as they're entering the airport, as they're getting on the flight, and while they're on the flight. And then they take them to whatever country they're taking them to and check it again. and then. Uh, then the governments take them in. Um, In flight, the State Department uh, revoked all the paperwork of the people on the flight. What? And threatened to shoot down the aircraft. What? Yeah. So, no question, the State Department caused all this. All of this is on purpose. I, I can come to no other conclusion than they fully intended this to happen, planned for it to happen, wanted it to happen. And my next question is why? Why, 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 um, you know, making the argument that maybe, maybe the president and the administration thinks America's evil and we're, we're, you know, kind of on our way out, if you will, that doesn't even, that's not even a good enough explanation to explain why you would leave innocent citizens that were legitimately trying to help people there stuck in that country. I, it, it, I've got a clip here of uh, Representative Michael McCall, who is the head of the House Foreign Intelligence Committee of the GOP. Let's uh, let's listen to what he has to say. He's on um, what the hell is this guy's name? This guy who who is it? I can't I can't think of his name. Uh, is it Chris Wallace? The guy that Chris did Wallace. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah meat, meatloaf. Yeah, Chris Wallace. That's him. Mm-hmm. Since we left the country on Friday, how many Americans have gotten out? of Afghanistan since we pulled out? How many Afghan allies have gotten out since the Taliban was in complete control of the country? I understand. Zero. And in fact, we have six airplanes at Mazar Sharif Airport, six airplanes with American citizens on them as I speak, uh, also with these interpreters, and the Taliban is holding them hostage for demands right now. They, uh, we have, the state has cleared uh, these flights and the Taliban will not let them leave the airport. So I'm sorry, the answer to your question is zero. And that's my concern is they're going to demand more and more, whether it be cash or legitimacy as the government of Afghanistan. Let, let me pick up on this because I didn't know this. You're saying that there are Americans on airplanes ready to fly out of Afghanistan right now, and they're not being allowed out because Taliban is making demands. What demands are the Taliban making? 
Well, they are not uh, they are not clearing the airplanes to depart. They, they've set, sat at the uh, airport for the last couple of days, uh, these planes, and they're not allowed to leave. Uh, we know the reason why is because the Taliban wants something in exchange. This is really, Chris, turning into a hostage situation where they're not going to allow American citizens to leave until they get full recognition from the United States of America. My concern is that Zal Khalizad, our special envoy, who's met with the Taliban, they're in talks right now. Uh, and I think I, I worry his recommendation to the administration will be to recognize the Taliban as the official government of the United States, a, a Taliban organization uh, that is a terrorist organization. You know something? We're sitting here and we're talking about this being intentional. OK. All right. Let, let's run with that for a second. This being intentional. So let's look at it like this. They want to put the Biden administration or excuse me, the Biden administration wants to put themselves in a position where they're forced to recognize the Taliban as a legitimate government, right? Mm -hmm. Another humiliation on the world stage. Yeah. That's their play. It, uh, it fits that great reset, um, you know, the 2030 agenda, all that, how America is diminished. And now it's five, six countries that okay, so basically let's, rule the world. Right. And let, let's, yeah, the coalition thing, or right, whatever, what, whatever Klaus Schwab says. But let's, let's look at that. And then let's look at Taiwan, because the Chinese Communist Party, they are just chomping at the bit mm -hmm. to get on Taiwan. They want that for more reasons than just 70 years of retribution. They want, because let's be honest, Taiwan is the legitimate government of China until Jimmy Carter they also want access to the world's chips. They manufacture microchips in Taiwan that we get everywhere else. We would actually have to destroy those factories. We would have to level them. And I mean level them at like bunker buster level them into nothing to prevent that from falling into the hands of the Chinese Communist Party. So let's look at it like this. If you think you had a lot of people left on the ground in Afghanistan on purpose, and you're now faced with a situation where you have hostages being held by the Taliban, how many American citizens do you think that they will leave on the ground in Taiwan? And how many hostages do you think that the Chinese Communist Party will take? It's just a legitimate question, because then if you had an administration that would recognize the Taliban, and I'm, I'm just asking a question here, that's all I'm doing. My, my mind is working. I'm just thinking of this on the fly because it fits and it makes the most sense to me. If you have an administration that recognizes the Taliban as a legitimate government because of, well, you have to, right? Because you're holding hostages. Well, you're weak enough on the world stage. China takes Taiwan. Then you have to recognize that the Taiwan government doesn't exist anymore, right? Oh, China had the right to take Taiwan because, well, really, it's it's part of Ch the one China nation or whatever it's called, one China policy or whatever. I'm just asking the question because that's the trend we're following now. On top of that, what if Putin wants to go and take Ukraine, the Crimea? What if Putin wants to go and take Ukraine? I mean, we talked about it here when Putin was out on military drills, when the Russian army was out on military drills. Marty was right. He says, Ukraine, it'll fall within 14 days. It'll be like a blitzkrieg. It'll be like the Germans marching across France. They will take Ukraine. And then at that point, well, we'd have to recognize that the Ukraine is rightfully belongs to the Russians too, right? Same thing with Belarus. So see, it fits with this administration. Biden was in business and his son was in business with the Ukrainians, but that all went south. So now that Biden's in a position to do something to shore up the Ukraine, my guess would be he's going to leave him hanging out to dry because, well, 
let's be honest, he's compromised from Beijing and Beijing and Moscow have similar interests geopolitically, don't they? So you got three things in play here. The U.S. is fading on the world stage. They're a declining power. So the humiliation of Afghanistan, you recognize the administration, they're put in a position where they're forced to recognize the Taliban as a legitimate government. They do that simultaneously because you have nothing to back that up with. If if the if the Taliban, and th- th- I laugh at this, if the Taliban can take the whole of Afghanistan, minus a couple of places, if the Taliban can take the whole of Afghanistan in a couple of weeks, what in the hell makes you politicians think you're going to be safe from the American people when they finally flip? I'm just asking. But Well, it's because they planned this. Yeah, this was intentional. But, yeah, but if you have the... Okay, yeah, but back, back to the... I, I was just... Side point. But if you cave to the Taliban and you cave on the Afghanistan front, well, then you're going to cave on the Kiev front and you're going to cave on the Taipei front too, aren't you? It just makes sense. I mean, to any of our allies, this is making it clear that America's weak. They don't defend even their own. So why do you think they would defend you? Yeah, it's exactly that. It's weakening us on the world stage and it's intentional. You know, when I said that the Taliban had taken all of Afghanistan, minus a couple of regions, the Panjir, they haven't taken that yet. But mainstream media outlets are saying that they have taken it. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. First of all, there's no proof. It's just hearsay. I see, uh, what what do we call these things? Uh, Hit pieces. That's all I see. Like, for example, I see something here out of um, Reuters. Afghan opposition leader Masoud says that he's ready for talks with the Taliban, like he's already given up. And it's just a four-line hit piece. That's all it is. It was written a day ago. I don't believe that. Every video that we have seen, and we've seen ones of uh, the Taliban trying to go into uh, into the Panjir, every time they've tried to go in there, they've gotten stomped on and they've had to leave. This last time, which I thought was really interesting, you pointed this out. I didn't catch this. I probably should have, but I didn't. You looked and you said, that's not even our gear. We're seeing all these videos coming out of like Kabul and Jalalabad and all that stuff, the, you know, the, the big cities. We're seeing all of those... Uh, all of those uh, Taliban special forces guys. Uh, yeah, real special. All right. Most of them look like they haven't missed a meal since Christ died. I'm sorry, but I mean, you can't wear a bulletproof vest with a gut hanging off. Like you just can't do it. It just doesn't work. So and where did he get where did he get fatigues that that size? I mean, come on, really? We make him that big? I mean, the guy could use it as a parachute, for God's sake. But anyway, I, I'm getting off topic here. I don't see any of that gear. And like I said, Bruce, you pointed this out. I don't see any of that gear going into the Panjshir province. I, I don't see any of that going in there. I see old, looks like Russian armaments and, and things like that stuff from the back, like throwback Soviet stuff. That's what I'm seeing. Like PDWs and, and like all the, you know, all the other stuff. I'm, I'm not seeing, you know, AK-47s and everything. I'm not seeing M4s. I'm not seeing guys going in there in brand new kit. I'm not seeing uh, going guys going in there with, um, you know, uh, I mean, we've seen a couple of Humvees, but I'm seeing like old Soviet tanks and stuff go in there. I'm not seeing any of our armored vehicles or anything like that go in there. Maybe that's because they really haven't taken the Panjshir region. Maybe that's because they haven't. The reason I say they haven't taken it is because do you know how difficult it is to take that that pass right there, that region, every single time in history, all the way back to Alexander the Great, every time you've tried to march an army in there, the British tried to do it three times and they got their asses kicked all three times. I don't believe that they have taken that region and I don't believe that they will. That's why they fl- that's why the resistance groups fled there, because they knew that they would be able to defend it and hold it. It is nearly impossible to take it. We had some of our most like you could you could argue the U.S. armed forces are the most advanced in the world in a lot of respects. Uh, you've got China 
rapidly approaching that, but that is due to corrupt defense contractors trying to outsource for cheap labor and treasonous deals and probably some real espionage. Uh, but we couldn't even do any damage in there. I mean, we tried, but I don't think we could even really hold it down in there very well. So what makes you think a ragtag group of guys now with a bunch of throwback Soviet era gear are going to do? A couple of helicopters, a couple of our helicopters crashed up there the other night, probably being brought down by RPGs. A couple of tanks were captured and some of our armored vehicles were captured as well. And now I see this piece coming out of Reuters saying that Oh, the, uh, the opposition leader, is he's ready to sit down and talk. The Taliban don't talk. We've seen what they're talking is. The guy dangling from underneath the helicopter over Kabul, the Taliban cleared all that up, though. He was just hanging a flag. That's all he was doing. He, he, was, just try, he was trying to hang a flag. That's why he was hanging from the bottom of the helicopter. He was, just, he was just trying to hang a flag. That's all he was trying to do. So the Taliban have claimed control. This is, a, this is out of the Jerusalem Post of all places. The Taliban have claimed control of Panjir and they promise a formation of a government soon. I don't believe that. If they took that region, you'd be seeing parades everywhere. They'd be all over the news and they'd be putting it out all over social media. They're not doing that. They're just saying it, which leads me to believe I, I'm thinking here of the way that the Chinese Communist Party works, because we know that their influence is heavy in there now. When in doubt, just lie about it, right? Just ignore it. Make it up. Make it go away, whatever it is. Well, if they just claim victory, well, then that problem goes away, doesn't it? I think it's the propaganda arm of the Taliban, because uh, as an example, it's exactly what you were bringing up with the helicopter. Well, he was just hanging a flag when everyone that's there on the ground knows full well what they were doing. He wasn't hanging a flag. They were hanging him. He was the flag. No, every... Yeah, he was the flag. We all know that, but... <laughs> You lie about it. You lie if you can lie to the to the Western media, and the Western media picks it up and and plays your lie. Then you can change your image in the West and be something completely different there in the Middle East. So yeah, of course, uh, they're going to say they 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 they've taken it, which we know they they didn't. Yeah, I don't I don't believe it either. Bruce, I'm going to run some really just bear with me. This is cringeworthy. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, mm -hmm. and I don't know why they're doing this. The, the elite Taliban, I'm doing the air quotes, the elite Taliban unit, you know, the ones running around with all of our gear, ladies and gentlemen, we've tried to do the nation building thing. We've tried to train people to use our gear and they don't know how to do it. They don't know how to do it. What makes you think that these fine upstanding individuals here are capable of any more than that? They're not. And I'm going to run some B-roll here behind me. This is cringeworthy. Just imagine some like uh, Call of Duty style heavy metal music playing because that's the promo video they're putting out with this. They storm an empty airport with our gear for some reason. It's almost like they're playing an airsoft version of uh, Capture the Flag or something. I'm serious. I, like Bruce is over there shaking his head. I'm, I'm dead serious. I'm not making this up. Like this is just it, it's just weird. But I don't know why they're they're even doing this. Uh, is it just a like this is part of their propaganda arm again that you were talking about. And and this is uh, this is a way of like, I don't know, smacking the U.S. in the face again on the world stage. I mean, that's that's all they're doing. I mean, this is like this is cringeworthy crap. Hell, airsoft people would be would be better than this. They're in there in dark rooms zipping around. They don't even have all those 16,000 pairs of NVGs that we left on the ground. The guy trips over getting uh, climbing over the chairs. Yeah. And what's this guy? He's got a he's got he's got a, a, a Taliban flag hanging off his backpack. Poll and all. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, this is all propaganda stuff. This is all just for show. 
All right. The uh, White House Chief of Staff, Ron Klain, says that uh, we still have around 100 Americans uh, still in Afghanistan, and many of them want to stay. <laughs> For those that can't see, Br Bruce has literally got his, his glasses off, his head down, and his fingers up on the bridge of his nose shaking his head. Around 100 Americans still on the ground, and, and most of them want to stay? Yeah. I mean, it, it's so clear they wanted to stay. They were sitting in aircraft on the airfield waiting to leave the country, but they wanted to stay. Right. Yeah, sure. Uh, he was on CNN's State of the Union just yesterday, and he says that the U.S. government has been in close contact with the Americans that still left in the country who have been located. How have you been in contact who with have them? Been, who have been located. Who have been located, yeah. Mm -hmm. how, how have mm -hmm. you been just how have you been talking to them because what we're hearing the uh, the internet is being taken down the cell networks are being disrupted how are you contacting them unless you have satellite communication in there i'd say your chances of communicating with the outside world at this point are very slim he says we believe and i'm quoting here he says we believe it's around 100 apparently we learned math in different parts of the world sir we're in touch with all of them who we've identified on a regular basis Obviously, we're hopeful that in the coming days that the Qataris will resume air service out of Kabul. And if they do, we're obviously going to look to see if Americans can be on those flights. We're going to find ways to get them, the ones that want to leave, to get them out of Afghanistan. We know many of them have family members. Many of them want to stay. But the ones that want to leave, we're going to get them out. We're, we're, going, to, we're going to find ways. Um, the... I'm sorry. The, the, we don't find ways. We know ways. how to get them out. You exactly. make a way out. That, that, mm, no. And it's not no. like, like, he's talking about this from a standpoint of, well, we're, we're going to, uh, we're going to ensure that this is going to get done. Son, you're holding that stuff up. <laughs> you're not doing everything you can in your power. As it was said once before, all it takes is one effing phone call. Make the call. They're the ones holding up the evacuation. They're the ones that are stopping all of this. We played a clip here a couple of weeks ago of a CIA guy named Sam Faddis. And he says, and I agree with the way that he said this. He says, you go up to the Taliban and you say, listen here, we're going to get our people out of here and you are not going to interfere. If you want to stay here and you want to play 12th century, then go ahead. But we're not sticking around for this. And you hear what's happening to people over there. Women can no longer work. Well, they, they excuse me, they can go to work, but... For the time being, they have to be sent home just until they can get things sorted out, right? J just until the Taliban and the ruling government can be established and they can ensure women's security. Yeah, sure. People are no longer allowed to go to school. Women can no longer drive cars. They're executing folk singers and comics. You know, I, I, watched, I watched a video, as horrible as it was, I watched a video of a comic getting thrown into the, into the back of a, of a truck by the Taliban. They snatched him up. They threw him into the back of a truck. As they were driving him out to where they were going to torture him, he's telling jokes to the Taliban, hoping that they will laugh hard enough to where they will actually take some kind of mercy and let him go. A couple of the Taliban scum were actually laughing at him. And the one that was in charge turned around and smacked the two that were laughing at him. They viciously tortured that poor man and then killed him in cold blood. That's who you're dealing with. That's who the administration is about to recognize as a legitimate government. You know, I heard something heard something today on another podcast, on a mainline podcast, and it was a question that was posed to them. And I have to ask the same question right now because it's a very valid question. It was a question that was asked by a listener to that podcast. We talk about, as the United States, we talk about all these different countries around the world that are the, uh, the pinnacles of state-sponsored terror, right? 
like Iran, yeah, funding the the Houthi rebels and uh, and Hamas and and all that, right? Yeah, is the United States is the current ruling government, which I believe is an illegal government. If the current ruling government of the United States are they now the world leaders in state sponsored terror? It's a good question. It's a really good question. Are we? Yeah, I I, have um, I, I believe I, I believe we've given more uh, just in this uh, few months to the Taliban financially and uh, in hardware than I think Iran has given over the entire life of the, the terrorist organizations. Unfortunately, I have to agree as much as it pains me to say that. But to be quite honest with you, when you're dealing with a uh, with a rogue government, I would expect nothing less. I'd really expect nothing less. And we're poised to give them even more. Oh, yeah. Don't think for a second that this is over. This is only just getting started. All the fun and games is just getting started with this. Representative, uh, GOP representative uh, Brian Mast from Florida uh, was on Sunday Morning Futures just the other day and said that uh, President Joe Biden should be impeached for treason. You could have done that before he was even vice president, sir. As I said, the corruption goes back. Hell, well, the corruption goes back. You you know how far that corruption goes back. It goes back decades with this guy. He said impeachment is absolutely something that should be considered. I would say no less than 10,000 counts of reckless endangerment. All of the American lives over there. That's the minimum. That's the real crime. We know for a fact that the Taliban is the sworn enemy of the United States of America. We are still in the midst of the war on terror. As I said, I would absolutely consider the manipulation of intelligence, giving aid and comfort to the enemy. And all three of these things are part of what meets the constitutional definition of treason. He went on. You look at President Joe Biden, and I would say these two things about him. He is hollow. His decisions are empty. They are void of wisdom in their entirety. Across the board, we see a naivete to the aggressors he's dealing with. Maybe there's an element of dementia there that we might hear about in the years to come. Oh, yes, yes. You'll hear about that five, 10 years, 15 years down the road when it doesn't matter anymore. That's when you're going to hear about it. I don't think the dude's going to last that long. No, no, he won't make it that long. He goes on, he says, but I would say at a minimum, the man appears to be schizophrenic with the statements that he's making in front of one camera. And the way that they are changing in front of a camera on a different day or a day after that, and with what members of his cabinet are saying, that's definitely going to be schizophrenia. Is he a schizoid? I think he's got dementia, no question. I, I don't think he's schizophrenic. I think he's a sociopath. Okay, so I think he's a pathological liar. I think he's I think he's exactly what he says here. He's hollow, his decisions are empty, he has a naivete. Yeah. But the man has he is so much of a criminal, he has got absolutely no remorse about anything like there, there's no sense of, of guilt or, or anything this is a hollow vassal of just uh, of just a steaming pile of corruption you know half of me half of me says that this is done on purpose all that stuff you heard with trump for four years about oh he's the most corrupt guy he's this he's that look the fbi went through trump's tax records with I don't even want to say a fine-tooth comb because that's too broad of a, of a definition. They went so deep on that guy that if he would have used an aerosol can in a manner other than directed, they would have thrown him in jail for it. There was nothing on him. They looked through all of his, his tax records and, and all of his business dealings and everything before he was even president of the United States. If they would have found something, you would have known about it. So they just concocted all that crap over four years to throw a wrench in the works of him getting anything real 
actually accomplished. So they created all of that about Trump so you would ignore all of the real corruption under this guy that they were going to install. I do think the administration is schizoid. I do think they, they're schizo. The administration, the government as a whole, not yeah. the individual people in there, but the way the government as a whole has been acting. One minute it's COVID's not going to be a problem. The next minute, COVID's a problem. No, it's not a problem. It's a problem. You need to be vaccinated. You don't need to be vaccinated. You need to have a mask. You don't need a mask. You need three masks. I mean, they're they're constantly flip-flopping. Yeah, four masks. Now we're 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 going into this um Afghanistan debacle. We're pulling the troops out. No, it's not gonna cause any problems. Oh, it caused problems. No, we we got everyone out that that wanted out. Well, there's still people left. Like it, it, we got hostages and yeah. It, it, it's the, the, the government, the, the, the government as a, as an entity, as a body. Yeah. The, the, it, yeah. They're schizo. Yeah. And I mean, we knew that this flailing was going to be bad, but I honestly, I didn't, I didn't realize it was going to be this bad. I mean, I, I know that they're like, this is not over. This, this is not over by a long shot. Like I said, we're just getting started here. This is going to happen again. There's going to be more to come. Not just on the home front, you're going to see things geopolitically that are going to shake up the world too. You see, normally throughout history, changes like this happen. Every 40, 50 years or so, changes like this happen. Sometimes it's less than that. It depends on the systems you have in place. We just happen to have a fairly decent system after the Second World War. It took a long time to break down that culture of morality, but they've been working really hard on it for the last 70 to 80 years. But things like this normally change. The world goes through changes like this. Things normally change in this particular phase because right now you needed something, and this is usually what happens, you needed something, if you're the world elite, you need something to destabilize the world. They had to throw the world off into a state of flux. We're in that state of flux now. Everything's being twisted and turned around like you just talked about, Bruce. Everything's confusing. Everything's a mess because they need to reshape the world in the way that they want it. They couldn't do it under our old system. So they had to throw the system into a state of destabilization and a state of flux. Now it gives them an opportunity to reshape things and rethink things and to twist everyone's logic and their common sense and their reasoning out of the way that you would normally think of. That's what COVID's for. It's all psychological. So COVID gave them that. Now they're working in all of the other things. Normally things like this happen under, throughout history, they happen under kinetic wars. This is not a kinetic war. This is a different kind of war. They tried kinetic wars. Kinetic wars don't work. Not to achieve the goals that they want to achieve. You end up with a lot of uh, nasty casualties and, and you end up with, well, it's, it's just generally bad. And usually the ruling parties and the ruling governments and everything else, they get wiped out in the process. That's not what they want to do here. Also, that's never been done in the manners of public health. They've never tried this before. They've also never had the access to information like we have now. They've never had access to the free flow of information. Neither have we. So it gives them an opportunity to be in a unique place. The same thing runs on the other side. You have two tracks, one's running parallel to the other. You have the, the track of totalitarian and authoritarianism, and you have the track of freedom and prosperity and liberty. That's the track we're on ideologically, that's the track we're on. But it's running parallel. The question is going to become, we're going to hit an intersection at some point, and there's only going to be one track. Which way are we going to go? Only one train survives this ride that we're on, and the brakes are being pulled off of both of them. One of them is going to get derailed. The good news is that we seem to be, when I say we, I mean we the people, we seem to be gaining momentum. 
in a lot of respects. The breaking points and the cracks in the system are there. Their system's failing. This is why they've thrown the geopolitical side of things in. They've collapsed Afghanistan. They're probably going to pull the same thing with Iraq. Bruce, you were talking about that privately with me the other day. They're probably going to pull the same thing with Iraq. You'll see a power vacuum there. They'll implode the whole region. They'll probably pull the same thing with Taiwan, if I had to guess, because they're losing here on their home front. In the European nations, I, I'm not sure what's going on in America. I know you got some some issues going on in New York and stuff. We'll talk about that later this week. But the European side of things, it is not going well for them. The businesses are finding themselves in an impossible situation. They're being told implement vaccine passports or face $15,000 a day fines. But yet if they implement vaccine passports, people aren't going to their businesses. They're losing revenue. So they're being put in a jackpot. They're going to go out of business either way. It's a war on small business. I said that last year. They're also splitting society. People aren't taking well to that. People are being discriminated against for no reason. Box offices in the UK are at an all-time low in their history, but the box offices were dying anyway. This just furthered their collapse. Well, you need a propaganda arm for the state. They don't have it if they don't have the sales. As a matter of fact, we know people that are fully vaccinated, don't we, Bruce? They want to go to the theater with their kids, all fully vaccinated. They can't go. You see, you thought you were doing the right thing, doing what you were told and getting your life back. No, 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 no. It's not how it works. Israel, they're preparing a fourth one. Oh, you're going to get a fourth one. Well, that didn't take long. You were just talking about a third one the other day. So it remains to be seen who's going to be on the end of that track. But here, at least where I'm at, they're not winning. They might seem like they're winning at the moment, but they're actually not. We talked about those protests that are getting larger by the week. And I can sit here and I can play video after video after week after week after week of these massive movements across uh, across the European countries. The Dutch are really coming alive up there. The Germans are back out in force. The French, of course. The UK. Hell, the UK, they're actually storming buildings. In a couple of the Eastern Bloc countries the other day, the public, the public, nonviolent people walked in to a mainstream media broadcasting center and shut it down because they were in there promoting propaganda about COVID. So the police had to come in there. They sent nine cops in there to try and deal with it. I think it was in like Slovakia or something or Slovenia. They sent nine cops in there to try to deal with it. And there were 300 people from the community standing in there saying, uh-uh, we're tired of hearing this. You see, they're losing. They've captured everybody at the top of these governments, but that's all they have are just the leaderships of these, these governments. That's all they've got. They don't have everybody in the underlings. They don't have all that. Those people at the bottoms of those political parties and everything else, they're just scared. They're, they're just spineless cowards. That's all they are. They won't stand up to the people above them because, well, they think that, well, they won't have a political future. I got news for you. You don't have a political future either way. Either way, you don't. Funny thing, funny thing. This morning, Germany's new ambassador to China and a top advisor to uh, German Chancellor Angela Merkel, Jan Hecker, he died just suddenly. Just suddenly. I, I, it's strange how that happens. Um, he died suddenly two weeks after being assigned to his new post in Beijing. <laughs> Funny. I, strange. I, you know, it's, it's just those, one of those things. And they didn't, really offer a, they didn't really offer an explanation or anything as to, as to what killed him or anything like that. The foreign office here just said that, um, well, it is with deep sadness and dismay that we learned of the sudden death of the German ambassador to China. Huh. Well, was he not doing what he was told? Again, I'm just asking the question. I, I don't know. You see, in organized crime, and I'm just saying this in general, in organized crime, if you need to gain the attention of people underneath of you, and you need to enhance their way of thinking, shall we say, if you need to enhance their way of thinking and let them know who's in charge, well, then sometimes you need to, and I'm just speaking from 
experience. Sometimes you need to, if you're an organized crime group, of course, sometimes you need to do what's called a, a roadkill, meaning you need something out there to let them know exactly who's in charge and nobody better be messing around and, and do things that they're not supposed to do. Otherwise, well, you could end up as roadkill too. I'm just asking, what happened to that ambassador? Because a lot of people in very high up positions in the country I'm in right now are starting to ask questions. When I say starting to ask questions, I'm talking about COVID questions. You see, the German government, by decree, made it illegal for people to ask questions. <laughs> it's just, that's illegal. No, you can't do that. Kind of like the Australian government did. No, that's illegal. You can't do that. So a top pathologist at a world-renowned medical university who is double vaccinated asks the question publicly, uh, we're looking at possibly 30 to even 40% of deaths related to COVID being vaccine-related. Maybe we need to look into this. You've got the mainstream radio networks here. One of the mainstream radio networks where I am in this entire country. They're now saying, what's going on here? You've got... All these people that are double vaccinated that are now suddenly coming down with an illness and they're going into the hospitals. What's going on here? See, cracks are starting to emerge in the system. This is why I say that the brakes have been taken off of this train. The elites are spiraling out of control at the same time. The movement is happening on the other end by we the people. Their own system is now starting to fail them. Not just those that, uh, that uh, to add to this, the... Changes that are coming, uh, technologically speaking, the elite don't have control over. For example, uh, I was I was watching some a little bit of YouTube, kind of kind of the sciencey nerdy stuff over the over the weekend. There's a company. This is probably this is a well known YouTube channel, but they were interviewing someone or or show, showcasing a company that's making um, rockets using 3D printers. Um, and they're basically using a, a 3D printer with various alloys and whatnot of metals and essentially welding it together, you know, from a powder from from. Yeah. And this rocket is designed to um, it's going to leave our atmosphere like it's meant to go into space. That's a 3D printer. Uh, <laughs> we've got Elon Musk with Tesla and with SpaceX trying to advance us there. Um, there's other companies out there that are that are trying to advance us. This would this would get us this would break us free of the the bonds of the the various corporations and uh, the elites control because if if you can do if you can get the technology for the 3D printer going like this and advance it, you you've got all kinds of things you can manufacture using that. And the the design for it completely shifts and changes to where, uh, the the 3D printed stuff you can design it specifically to be 3D printed, make it far less expensive. I mean, the dude that, that's talking about this is saying right now it's ten times less expensive. So remove a zero from the cost of making the the the, the rocket, and they're saying that once they get this refined, it could be a hundred times cheaper. That's two zeros off of it. That that's pretty impressive. If that trend continues in other technologies as well. We look at things like graphene as another example. The elite is losing control very quickly. I only had one counter to that. Well, it's not even really a counter, really. It's just agreeing with you. You're right. There are technologies that are coming. They're not going to be able to stop people after this. This is it. This is their last chance. And we've heard them say time and again, this is their last chance. They don't have anything else to play after this. The technology that we're going to have at our behest 
on the other side of this will ensure that they will never be allowed to do any of this ever again. Space travel, 3D printed homes, using graphene in the correct manner. You're no longer reliant on them for anything. You don't need their oil. You don't need their natural gas. You don't need their electricity. You don't need their media. You don't need their phones. You don't need their software. We're already in the process of breaking from all of that now. So the future is ours. It's not theirs. I want free market. I want the local politique. I want laissez-faire capitalism. I don't want stakeholder capitalism. I don't want top-down dictatorial rule by a bunch of creeps and disgusting people like Klaus Schwab. I want people. I want we the people to stand up and take control of our own lives. And I want us to rule the future. You have a lot of our generation, especially, that are realizing that uh, because of what the governments and the uh, elite have done with crypto and how groups of people have gotten together and invested in things and made some big bucks and how the stock market, um, the the kind of what it was, in firms, the investment firms, how they've turned against those people and tried to shut them down. A lot more people are realizing that um, these guys are a problem and we have to break away. Hedge funds and Robinhood. Hedge funds. Yeah. Robinhood is a great example of that with the whole AMC deal, the, the GameStop. I mean, all of that, how that went down and how they shut those people down, how governments are trying to go after cryptocurrency and trying to ban it. And not here in the U.S., they're trying to ban and at the same time create their own. <laughs> it, it, it's pretty obvious what their intentions are. And I, I, I'm glad people are starting to become aware of that. Uh, we are going to have to go. We're out of time today. All right. For those of you who have not signed up to our Telegram page, get over there and get signed up to us. We do put out all of our podcasts we do here every day. And we also put out an exclusive podcast over there, which we do have some changes coming to. Uh, Bruce ran some ideas past me, and uh, I can't say that I disagree with him because it would help us out here in a lot of ways, to be quite honest with you, about doing things like that in the future. So what we're going to do is we are going to put out an exclusive podcast when we can. And then we're going to release that podcast on our normal platforms two to three days later or one to two weeks later. We're not sure yet. But those of you who have not signed up to us on Telegram, you will get access to that exclusive podcast. However, it will be at a later time, uh, depending on the uh, the subject matter uh, at hand. So uh, that's what we're going to do with those in the future. So uh, be watching for that. But if you are if you are signed up to us on Telegram, you will get those when we put them out directly. Uh, there will not be any delay or anything at all. So anyway, also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, known associates. We're trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we'd appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, we'd appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that's it for today. Thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.